The trial of ex-alderman Ed Burke is finally off to the races after a COVID-related delay. So far, the jury has been selected, heard opening statements, and has started to hear witness testimony and secretly recorded phone calls. The trial is expected to last weeks. WBEZ City Politics reporter Mariah Wolfel is stepping out of the courtroom now to give us a glimpse of what's going on. Mariah, thanks for making the time. Thanks for having me, Natalie. What are prosecutors discussing today in court? Sure. So they just finished up their witness testimony, questioning witnesses about the alleged field museum scheme. As you know, you know, there are four schemes in this racketeering indictment. They just finished up their allegations that Burke tried to block a fee increase at the field museum um, when the field museum didn't get back to his goddaughter about an internship application. And now they are moving on to the scheme involving a Burger King in his ward where the owners of the Burger King were trying to remodel it and, you know, just kind of refresh it, re-image is what they call it, that Burger King. Um, And Burke is accused of trying to block some permits, particularly a driveway, first a building permit, a renovation permit, and then a driveway permit um, until they hired his private law firm, Clafter and Burke, which does property tax appeals. And so that's kind of at the heart of all of these schemes. The incentive, the the bribe that Burke was allegedly trying to push was, you know, I'm going to I'm going to block, you know, these things that you want um, until you hire my private law firm. And this is the only episode involving Burke's co-defendant, former 14th Ward aide Peter Andrews Jr. What do we need to know about him? Right. So Peter Andrews is accused with Burke of trying to strong arm the owners of the Burger King into hiring Burke's law firm um, while they were trying to remodel. And Andrews spent decades working for Burke's political organization. He served as chairman of Burke's campaign funds. He filed legal challenges for Burke. He's a retired plumber with the Chicago Park District. His defense team describes him as part-time Pete, um, really trying to paint him as just this humble Chicago guy, you know, from Mount Greenwood, didn't really leave his neighborhood, was born and raised raised in the 14th Ward and knew it like the back of his hand. Everyone knew him. Everyone said hello, but trying to paint him as as very different from high power politicians, like repeatedly calling him part-time Pete. Um, but he, you know, has has operated in Chicago politics for decades, very closely with Alderman Burke. And yeah, so now, now they're moving on to the scheme that involves Pete Andrews and Alderman Ed Burke. The federal indictment accuses Burke of racketeering and bribery. These are terms that we often hear in corruption cases. What specifically are prosecutors arguing here? Sure. So they are arguing that Burke used his clout and his power as chairman of the finance committee for decades and several other powerful positions he held throughout his 54 years as a city council member to pressure developers, businessmen into hiring his private law firm, Clafter and Burke, um, in exchange for, you know, being able to operate here, really getting permits for a pole sign, getting a driveway permit, um, 
and that is outlined in four schemes, the Field Museum one, which I talked about, the Burger King, um, permits related to a Binnie's pole, a pole sign that would display, you know, the sign of a business, Binnie's Beverage Depot um, on the north side, and then um, development permit, n- permits needed for the redevelopment of the old post office. It's not illegal for Alders to have another business. But what's central to this case is here's a powerful Alder like Burke who has a law firm that, you know, works with appeals and things like this. Can you talk about how prosecutors are centering that, but also how some of this is like how Chicago has operated? Right. Yeah. I mean, and, and you know, what the defense is arguing um, in their both their opening statements and, you know, throughout trying to probe questions from or trying to, you know, ask probing questions from witnesses is that, you know, Burke was just a, a one, a stickler for the law. He wanted businesses in his ward to get a driveway permit before, you know, operating in his ward. He he saw an issue with this parking lot of, of the Burger King where trucks were stopping overnight. And that was apparently attracting prostitution in the area in this Burger King parking lot. And so he saw an issue with that. He wanted to get them up to you know, up to snuff with the law and get them their driveway permit. And, you know, he was a stickler for the law. He was a dedicated public servant. um, And he liked helping people. Um, He saw opportunities to help people. And on the side, yeah, he was letting people know this is, you know, what the defense is arguing. Yeah, he he may have let people know I I have a I have a law firm that, that I think is pretty good that, you know, we would love to we would love to take you on as a client, um, but that there's nothing illegal about promoting your private business on one hand um, and also, you know, try, trying to get businesses and, and developers to follow the law in and around the city. Um, of course, prosecutors, they, they said in their opening statements, you're not going to see cash stuffed in an envelope in this bribery case. Um, these are sophisticated schemes that they call, uh, they call Burke, you know, a sophisticated guy who, who operated sophisticated schemes to, um, to strong arm people into hiring his his tax form. Um, but, you know, defense defense attorneys continue to point out he, he never said, I will not, you know, give you this driveway permit unless you hire my law firm. So there is gray area and a jury of of nine women and three men will ultimately be tasked with having to weed through that. Briefly, talk us through the timeline of how this case began. Sure. So in 2016, the federal prosecute, federal investigators approached um, former Alderman Danny Solis of the 25th Ward with um, accusations of his own wrongdoing. He led the city's zoning committee um, for many years and in a bid to avoid his own jail time, Solis agreed to cooperate with the feds by wearing a wire and he wore a wire you know, um, to help build cases against several high-ranking politicians, including Burke and including former House Speaker Michael Madigan, who's now indicted. Um, And so we're going to be hearing Solis tape throughout this trial. We're not sure whether Solis will testify or not, um, but his the tape that he helped record um, is a star, you know, essentially a star witness in this case, regardless of whether Solis takes the stand or not. 
And this case took a little bit longer to start because of jury selection. What happened? So, yeah, I mean, with this case, you can imagine, like, the questions that they had to ask the jury. I mean, some of them were like, you know, dating back 10 years ago when you had to get a permit to renovate your house. What do you remember about, you know, your interactions with the government? Do you have any bad feelings about that permitting process? Because there's just so much, so many things that touch on the type of work that an alderman does that, you know, um, government bodies do for people. And the, this judge in this case um, really wanted to get, I mean, every judge does an impartial jury that that didn't have negative feelings about permitting processes, about Chicago aldermen. I mean, the majority of the jury that was selected is from outside of the city of Chicago. Many report not knowing Burke at all, um, not hearing about the case. There are two uh, people who have reported to live in the city of Chicago. Um, but other than that, you know, this will be people outside of the scope of city government um, who will be deciding this case. So jury selection did get off to a slow start. And then we had a delay because an attorney in the case got COVID-19. So we were delayed by a week there. And now we are finally, you know, I'm sure the jury is happy to finally start hearing witness testimony and, and tape and getting into the nitty gritty details of the schemes. Mariah, I chuckled a little bit when the judge gave the jurors a little lesson in Chicago politics. What did they learn and how often does that happen? Yeah, so they were um, they were they heard the testimony of political science professor Connie Mixon, um, who's a professor at Elmhurst University, and she gave like a and a reset guest often and a reset guest. Yeah, yeah, um, a friend of the media. and she gave them a 20 a 20 page powerpoint presentation with slides like aldermen are mini mayors and how does an ordinance become a law and those sorts of things it was very fact based um you know Connie Mixon was was kind of prohibited in the judge's ruling allowing her to testify um from expressing her opinion about Burke's power though she did talk about the two the more than two million dollar budget that the finance committee had at one point under Burke the many dozens of staff members that Burke had um, and just the power that the finance committee wielded in general over the agenda and the legislation that needed to go through the finance committee before getting a full vote from the city council. And so she kind of painted the picture of what a committee chair does, why they are powerful and and what that means for their control over legislation that are that developers, that businessmen, that, um, you know, even other aldermen are interested in getting passed. You mentioned that a number of the jurors had never heard of Ed Burke, which sounds, you know, odd for us in in the in the in the media. You know, he's been such a fixture on the political scene, 50 years reputation, you know, natty dresser, knows a lot of history. He was the dean of city council. Can you talk more about who Ed Burke is as a person and the community that he represented? Yeah, so people admired and feared Ed Burke. They admired him because his um he he is charismatic. He like you said, he tells he's a he's a storyteller. He knows a lot about Chicago history. He plays the piano expertly. You know, he's the entertainer. He always has a story. He always has, you know, and his speeches in city council, you know, were a test 
testified to that. We're, we're an example of, of that, um, where he would just bring you back to a story from like a hundred years ago of, uh, you know, um, that somehow tied to the, to the current day. Um, but they also feared him because he, he c- could be very, very sharp and, um, and I, I would just say bold and maybe unforgiving with people who crossed him. Um, prosecutors played a phone call yesterday of him in a conversation with a field museum employee who was calling him to say, hey, we're, we're looking to get this fee hike. We want to, you know, get you on board with this to avoid any public opposition. And Burke starts questioning her credentials, questioning if she if she if she's read up on how how passionate he is about this topic and if she reads her news clips on a daily basis and he he said you know i don't know where you were before the field museum but you know and and then asks her to kind of defend um her her credentials um and then and then tells her that you know asks asks and now so now you're gonna you're you're calling me for a favor after you know not getting back to my goddaughter about an internship she applied for and the field museum employee starts to talk and say uh, well, what I wanted to do, and Burke interrupts and says, "Well, I'm not sure what you wanted to do because if the committee on the cha- if the chairman on the committee of finance calls the park board president, then your proposal, you know, for a fee hike is going to go nowhere." And it was cutting, and you know, then he he he, in his own words, in a different phone call, says that he read the riot act to this field museum employee for not getting back to his goddaughter, and so um, and so I think though that like really kind of speaks to the two sides of Burke um and yeah he 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 let go of his seat um representing the 14th ward which is has has typically been you know kind of a a neighborhood home to to white ethnic immigrants and has been increasingly latino um as has grown increasingly latino over the years um and i think burke saw one the writing on the wall with his corruption trial impending and the challenges that would present for his reelection, but also the remap and how that kind of the, the, you know, remap based on the once in a decade census where his colleagues kind of cut out some um, majority white neighborhoods that have been strongholds in his ward and have reelected him. Um, And the ward is now, you know, vastly Latino. And so, um, yeah, stepped down from a long legacy um, and, and kind of, this is the first time we've seen him in public since then. Well, we've got some weeks to go in this trial. We've been talking to Mariah Wolfel, city politics reporter for WBEZ. Thanks for coming out of court to talk to us. Thanks for having me.